You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Daw, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook the official sports book of Locked On. You can make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. On today's episode of Locked On in Kentucky, we are going to be hyping it up. It's 79 days away. We're going to get to see Kentucky's new team play here in about, uh, well, 79 days. Whenever they go to the Global Jam, going to talk about what that may look like for the Wildcats today. I could not be more excited uh, about how close that is. You know, I know that some people may say, well, uh, three months is kind of a kind of a long way away, but I guarantee you the summer will pass quickly here. Also, C.J. Frederick, former Wildcat, has found a new home. Going to talk about what that means for his new team. Going to talk about what it means for Kentucky. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. And if you're watching on YouTube, I would really appreciate it if you went ahead and subscribed to the show. If you're listening on podcast. I would appreciate it if you hit us with a follow as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. Kentucky basketball heading to the Global Jam later on this year. They're going to be representing the U.S., taking on a few different teams up there in Canada. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the first thing that we need to note here is, as you know, Kentucky made a trip to the Bahamas last season. Uh, they went 4-0. They dominated the competition. The team looked really good. It was uh, not much uh, to be shown there as far as what we what we would expect to see uh, from the Wildcats uh, in the uh, in the upcoming games in their actual season. Uh, what I mean by that is is they showed some things that didn't necessarily translate over to the actual season, partially because the competition was not great. Uh, I think that this may be a little bit more of an indication as to where this team is um, heading into the upcoming season. Uh, I would hate to spin this uh, narrative as the as a, oh, Kentucky's going to go out and they're going to play really well, and then we're going to get to see them do literally none of the things that they did against these few teams. But I genuinely do think... Because the competition is a little bit more difficult here, I think the stage is also uh, bigger as well uh, for this for this event here, the Global Jam. I think that the, that there's things that we can take genuinely uh, out of these contests here. So the first game Kentucky's going to play, they're going to get to play against Germany uh, in their first game, July 12th. Again, 79 days away. That game's going to be at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. I believe there are several articles out there that have links to where you could go get tickets uh, for this uh, for this three-day event, again, in Toronto, uh, Canada, July 12th through 16th, excuse me, where we're going to see uh, Kentucky take on three different teams in four days. On the July 13th, Kentucky will play Canada at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That's probably going to be the game that has most uh, people's eyes watching it. It's going to be, in case in case you're wondering, it's not going to be their all-world team for Germany or for Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, these are going to be the U23 teams, the under-23 teams. Uh, that There's actually going to be a lot of different teams there, if I'm not mistaken, but Kentucky's going to be representing America. So Germany, Canada, and then Team Africa is July 15th on 1.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern. That is going to be Kentucky's final game 
of the uh, of the rotation here. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, partially because of the fact that this is again more difficult competition. But at the same time, I think that watching Kentucky's new rotation and their starting lineup is going to be fascinating. There are several ways that if certain players come back or certain players transfer in, Hunter Dickinson, wink, wink, there's several different ways that Kentucky can adjust this rotation. I think that what they do with their small forward and power forward spots is going to be very intriguing to watch in this one when it comes to a minutes rotation and when it comes to where players play in certain sets and and things like that. I'm also curious to see how much Aaron Bradshaw spins at the four, considering Cal said he wants him there. Bradshaw said he wants him there. Is that really where he's going to end up? I assume so. I hope so. That's going to be another thing to watch. Uh, But obviously, we'll we'll do previews whenever this gets closer. 79 days, though, again, not that far away. Not that far away. Uh, John Calipari said in a press release, we're so appreciative of the NABC in Canada basketball for the invitation to participate in Global Jam. They have put together a field full of talented and tough teams that will begin to help us prepare for the upcoming season while also providing us with another special trip, not only for our team, but for our fans as well. On behalf of everyone at the University of Kentucky and our team, we're honored to represent the United States and we're excited to get to Toronto and take part in this terrific event. So, yeah, it's going to be a blast for the Wildcats. I think that looking at the rotation is going to be the thing that we will have our eye on, how Kentucky performs in these different games. There's not going to be an overreaction if this team loses uh, to one of these uh, individual teams here, Team Africa, Team Canada, or uh, or Team uh, Team Germany. I'm sorry, I'll completely slip my, slip my mind there for a second. But when you look at the way that this could play out for UK... We've talked about it a lot on the show recently. Just going to wrap it up here, uh, kind of put a bow on it before we add more players to the transfer portal. You've got your backcourt set against these U23 teams, right? You've got Rob Dillingham, DJ Wagner, and Reed Shepard. As we all know, Rob uh, Rob Dillingham's probably going to play the one for UK, and DJ Wagner is going to play the two. There is a world where Kentucky decides to play DJ Wagner at the one because he is a combo guard. Based on the way that we've been doing our projections here, our depth chart assumptions, I guess I should say, since the season concluded, I have been continuing to put DJ Wagner at the two. I understand that he's a combo guard. I understand that he can do both. I understand that he can be versatile in that way. But with Rob Dillingham coming in, which, by the way, uh, he had some things academically uh, approved by the NCAA. He's going to be coming to Kentucky He's a wildcat, probably going to be talking about individual breakdowns here uh, as the offseason moves along. But Rob Dillingham is a player that I think we all need to be very excited about and kind of discussing more and more uh, as as a bucket getter uh, for UK, which is something that they've desperately lacked uh, over the past few seasons. They've got several of those on roster this year, I think, which is going to be interesting to see how the, the, how the rotation goes in terms of feeding different mouths, which we'll also see in this game, I guess. But I'm kind of rambling here. Point being, DJ Wagner at the two, Rob Dillingham at the one, Reed Shepard. It was given to me in a different way recently, Immunity, about when it it comes to Kentucky's rotation and not just looking at it like, this guy's the one, this guy's the two. It's not starter and backup. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You once you get past your starting lineup, then you have your sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth man. It's really hard to think about Reed Shepard with all the talent that he has 
being the eighth, ninth, or tenth man in this rotation. But unfortunately, based on the way that things are looking, he's probably going to end up either eight or ninth. And if Kentucky really does want to put their stock in a Duthiero or they get a backup point guard, which I seriously doubt that they do here in the transfer portal this offseason, uh, we, we could be looking at limited minutes for Reed, uh, which I hate considering how talented he is. I saw one of you comment recently that kids from in-state don't necessarily get a lot of playing time. I don't necessarily know if that's fair to say for Shepard. I understand that that's historically what has happened, if that's true. But, um, you know, considering how talented of a recruit he is, uh, I, I don't see why any reason why he shouldn't get uh, a little bit of opportunity. I'm saying this as if he's not going to. And it's, it's all just projection. I mean, they could split Wagner and Shepard 2020 uh, with minutes. And, you know, there's probably honestly going to be a lot of confusion and discussion about the rotation when it comes to breaking down those minutes in this global jam because similar to the Bahamas, you're going to see a lot of players that don't normally play as much, not even just play a lot, but start some of these games. Kentucky's going to rotate. They're going to spread things around. They're going to give you a look at every single player. Um, so we don't know anything, even past the uh, the global jam. We're not going to know anything about how these how these minutes are going to play, uh, play out. At small forward, you've got Justin Edwards, which I think could be the dynamic. The, he could be the X factor uh, on this year's upcoming team outside of Rob, Dilling, or Rob Dillingham, in my opinion. Edwards is somebody that could end up just going off on one of these types of at one of these types of events because he's so well rounded and just based on his offensive game alone, I think that you could see a lot of highlights from him uh, in an event like this. In an event like this, I want to kind of save the backup small forward talk uh, for for a little bit later. Power forward, Aaron Bradshaw. I think. Do you get a transfer or do some players come back and you rotate accordingly there? And then finally, you've got Onyenso. That's going to be probably one of the more interesting things to, to see because I understand that Dillingham, Wagner, Edwards, Bradshaw, I mean, those guys are newcomers, right? Those guys are people that you've not seen play at, at Kentucky, but it almost feels like there are certain aspects of these five stars that are more certain than a player like Onyenso. How does he play in a, in a larger role? He's probably going to have a game or two here in this circuit where he plays quite a bit. Is he able to dominate uh, on one end? Is he able to show a little bit of uh, game on the offensive end after uh, being very raw, I would say, at times last year? And that was that was what we expected out of him coming out of high school. But what does his development look like? It, it's It feels somewhat uncertain considering how little we saw him last year and how... Cal didn't seem to, how do I say this? Have a he, he seemed to not have a lot of confidence in in Onyenso compared to Shibwe, which duh, why wouldn't you play Shibwe over Onyenso? But it just felt like at times when Kentucky could try and help things out by getting Onyenso in the game, they didn't. What does that confidence look like in him this year? What does that rotation look like? What does the team look like? Uh, there's so many different questions that are gonna going to be answered. I think through this circuit as far as, you know, dogs, bucket getters, you know, prominent features on this team, um, even if they aren't scoring 30 points or whatever, I think that we're still going to see different players and just identify them as, as those guys. And Kentucky's got a lot to choose from, uh, but I think that overall it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. If you want to tell me what you think about Kentucky 
getting things kicked off against uh, against Germany, July 12th, 79 days away in the Global Jam. You can leave that in the YouTube comments below, or you can hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK. I want to talk about C.J. Frederick finding a new home uh, for the uh, for the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats, actually. I uh, want to discuss what that means for him and kind of want to tie it back into what it means for UK here in a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. As you all know, the NBA playoffs are underway. We've seen some very exciting action as of late. I uh, hate to see the Sacramento Kings full of a bunch of Kentucky Wildcats go down by one point uh, to Golden State. Uh, just a couple of nights ago, that was a game that uh, Kentucky, not Kentucky, Sacramento could have had. But regardless, there's a lot of great Wildcat performances happening in the playoffs right now. There's also MLB happening. There's a, it's still a lot of good things happening in sports right now. And there's no better time or place to get in on all of the action than with FanDuel right now and America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. And it's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. You can place your first bet. Again, get up to 1K back in bonus bets if you don't win. You can uh, you can try props, which is one of my favorites, to hit over-unders on pitches, strikeouts, home runs, RBIs, points, rebounds, steals. There's a lot of different things that you can do with FanDuel, and it's very, very easy as well. Again, you do not want to miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, all you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That is FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball and the NBA. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Appreciate you watching on YouTube. If you are, please go ahead and subscribe to the show. We're going to have a lot of different content coming up. Going to be breaking down what Hunter Dickinson eventually decides to do. Uh, as of right now, if I'm not mistaken, he is currently either wrapping up his visit to Kentucky or is in the midst of his visit to Kentucky. Uh, we are also going to be having a bunch of different transfer portal talk as things wind down here. We're going to be talking more about this upcoming roster. Will Levis is probably going to be a top three draft pick uh, in this upcoming draft here in just a few days. There's no reason why you shouldn't be subbed if you're a Kentucky fan. If you're listening on podcast as well, there's no reason you shouldn't be following. I feel like it's more of a commitment on podcast. If you see something and you want to listen to it, you dive into it. And once you get into it, I mean, you're into it. So there's no reason why you shouldn't stick around wherever you are listening. And if you do stick around, I really appreciate everybody out there uh, that has been uh, dropping so many positive comments, has been discussing different things with Kentucky. It's been a great time for the channel. It's been a great time here uh, as we wade deeper into the offseason. So subscribe, subscribe, follow, and I really appreciate you. So CJ Frederick has committed to Cincinnati. According to various sources, it looks like he's going home. After uh, deciding that he would transfer out of Kentucky, he's getting married here in just a little bit. He's, I think that this, is, uh, this makes perfect sense uh, for, for Frederick uh, going back home. He is a Cincinnati native. Uh, it kind of feels like one of those d decisions you make when you're starting to wind things down in a way. I mean, he returns back to where he's from. He's going to get uh, comfortable with a, with his now fiance, future wife, and he's going to be able to play for a team that, you know, is pretty good, actually. Cincinnati is, is a pretty solid team, and they've got a really solid head coach as well. If you can tell me the name of the head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats without looking it up, uh, I will give you a cookie. It is Wes Miller, uh, who was formerly of UNC Greensboro. If you don't know who that is, uh, Miller 
uh, had a really nice stretch there from 2017 to 2021 uh, with, uh, I believe, it's not the Spartans, is it? It is the Spartans. Okay, maybe I know more than I thought I, thought I did. Uh, the Spartans, uh, he had a really nice stretch there for a few years where they had some really, really solid teams. If not, if I'm not mistaken, they've had a, a couple of really solid players uh, transfer or go through that program, rather, over the past few years. And Cincinnati, uh, in his, I believe, second season with the Bearcats, you know, they improved on their first mark. They were 23-13 and 13 last year. Uh, they were made, uh, I believe, some moves uh, in the NIT, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been the CBI. Um, I seriously doubt it was the CBI, considering how high they were ranked in Kim Palm. But this was statistically a very balanced team uh, on both sides of the basketball. They weren't terrible uh, at anything. Uh, they were really solid when it came to uh, to came to uh, shooting the ball, when it came to being efficient on both ends, ends of the floor. They weren't elite by no means. They weren't mid either. They were just solid. This was a solid 23-win team. And maybe with a couple different guys moving out uh, from... I guess the wing spots, I think a spot for C.J. Frederick will certainly be open um, if he's able to recover and be fully healthy. I think this is a team that could definitely use his services uh, here in the upcoming season. Uh, this is a team that I that can improve with C.J. Frederick. I, I think that this is a great spot for him. It, we, we mentioned this uh, just a couple of days ago. I said if Frederick wants to go to a mid-major program and he wants to be a bucket getter, I think he absolutely can. I'm not saying he couldn't play at a Power 6 school. And here he is, uh, transferring to uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats in the American Athletic, which is a very good conference, uh, might I add. It's a very, very solid conference with some really, really good schools. And Cincinnati, of course, is one of them. So really, really, uh, really happy for C.J. Frederick and his uh, his decision here. I think that, you know, I mean, what's it to, what's it to anyone what I think about the decision that he made uh, personally? But I think it's great. I'm going to be pulling for him. going to be interested to see uh, what he's able to do for them uh, in terms of scoring next year, because I think that he can. Uh, he's shown the ability to shoot previously. He did it at Iowa really, really well. I know injuries bogged him down for the for the Wildcats, but I think that he can uh, make a huge impact for them. So we'll see what happens there. As for Kentucky, this, even though the decision was made by Frederick, this solidifies what we've been talking about with the small forward position is that, you know, Antonio Reeves is considering coming back, as is Chris Livingston, and if Kentucky gets one of them, I feel like they're in a solid spot moving forward. Antonio Reeves would probably be my pick at the, at the three, as opposed to Chris Livingston. I know that some of you out there are saying, why would Antonio Reeves ever play the three? He can't play defense, he can't do this, he can't do that. I don't think that Reeves' defense was as poor as some of you may indicate. Also, if we're going to have that conversation... Okay, let's put him at two. Uh, let's slide him up to the shooting guard spot. I, I'm not angry at that. And at the end of the day, if you have that happen, then you can have Chris Livingston come in and he can be backup power forward, backup small forward, or you can start at one of those spots and Justin Edwards can come off the bench uh, at that small forward spot. So there's a lot of different ways that you can mix, mix and match this, but CJ Frederick making a departure and then committing to another school just officially kind of ties things up very nicely where we can see... Both of these players in Reeves and Livingston come back. One of them return, and it'd be really good for UK. And I think that there is a world here uh, at the end of the day where Kentucky's able to get uh, probably a transfer portal wing uh, if they want to, if they want to. I don't know necessarily if they do, though. So if you've got any thoughts on what Kentucky's small forward, shooting guard, or power forward spot uh, will look like, because I know based on the comments, a lot of you guys have thoughts on it. Uh, you can leave it on the YouTube comments below. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnUK. 
You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore, and you can follow the show on Instagram. That is over at Kentucky Podcast. Questions, comments, concerns, I want to hear them. You can leave them in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.